Happy New Year, enthusiasts. I wanted to add an extra thing to it, and then life got busy. And so you are today getting the entire Place for God story. You're going to get the story, so we'll start with Baziel. You're not, what am I missing? I just wanted the whole thing in one blow. So, in start of this new year, here's a place for God. The sun glances off Mount Sinai as Baziel steps out of his tent. A proud member of the tribe of Judah, God had appointed him and given him special talents. The Egyptians had seen his talents and in fact had encouraged his talents in the works of um, gold and silver making and the working with wood and with jewels. They almost seemed alive under his hand. Adonai be praised. The Egyptians had all asked him to com- had commissioned him several times to make um, images of their gods. No, Baziel said, I will not craft foreign gods. He walks a short distance where Aholiab is already beginning today's work, hammering a piece of gold that would become the lampstand to light in the special chamber that God had designed. Moses stopped by earlier, giving giving insight from the visions that God had given him. The sun climbs higher and higher in the sky until Baziel's little boy arrives. What you doing, Daddy? This great son of Judah picks his boy up, points to the onyx stones in which he had been engraving the names of the children of Israel. Six on a stone. He points to the curtains and says, Look, son, we've made a home for God. Torchlight reveals gold and gems, brass. The air is filled with the smells of frankincense and cedar. The men and boys that are the sons of David gaze around with wide eyes. They had, some had been here before, but the sight always filled them with awe and admiration. Solomon, one of the youngest, piped up, Abba, what is this place? This, my sons is where I am storing my gifts for Adonai to build him a home, a permanent place to live instead of the tents that he has dwelt in since the times of Moses and the judges. Amnon pipes up, Father, if you desire to build Adonai a home, why don't you? David's hand brushes against a Philistine-made sword. I'm a man of war, my sons. Our lands, our country... Even the great city of Jerusalem that we now live in have been paid for with blood. Adonai is a God of peace. The great prophet Nathan has said that in Shalom shall his home be built. Some of the children look saddened. Fear not, my sons. God has given our family an even deeper gift. We shall have a line, and out of our line shall come Mashiach, the Messiah, the one that will make our sacrifices whole, the ones who will finally deliver us and make the full payment for our sins. His eyes fall on Solomon, Absalom, and Nathan and wonder. But he looks at Solomon and God whispers in his ear, he is going to make a place for God. Zerubbabel studies the bullock in front of him very carefully. It wasn't like the times of David and Solomon or any of the other kings of Israel where bullocks um, with no blemish could be easily found. 
This was after the exile. After the 70 years of, of, of being in Babylon, his mind thought back to those find the family still there. Finding no fault, no blemish, Zerubbabel walks the bullock to the front door of the temple. He can again hear the crowd, some of the elders, some of the people that had seen Solomon's temple in its splendor. You, they could not hide the disappointment of this new temple from their voice. Zerubbabel remembered when it was the, this temple was still a wreck and the prophet Haggai had challenged them, telling them that some of their uh, loss had come because they had not built God's house. He had challenged them and of course they immediately went and they built and this now this feeble offering had been. It wasn't the temple that his ancestor Solomon had built, but it was a temple that he knew Adonai would be proud of. In fact, Haggai had said that Mashiach himself would walk in this temple. The Deliverer himself would walk in this place. As leader of the people of Israel, not a king, but a governor, Zerubbabel walks up and presents the, the clean bull to Joshua the high priest for the um, Day of Atonement. Zerubbabel looks up one more time. It may not be Solomon's, but it was a place for God. Congratulations, it's a boy. Joseph uh, shakes himself out of his stupor and glances up at the midwife. Already the uh, friends and family that surround him are backslapping and giving and, and, and grasping him. Songs have already broken out in the in the inn. Another son of David. We have another. The Davidic line continues. Hosanna. Praise be to Adonai. A few of these black slaps and hugs and congratulations. And Joseph finds his way back down to the stable. He remembers when he first saw this meager little place. The census and it seemed like everybody of his family and friends had come to Bethlehem. So much so that the innkeeper, the only place the innkeeper had was a stable. Joseph walks in and lets his eyes adjust to the light of the stable. Walks over to where Mary lays exhausted, but a look of, of accomplishment on her face. With a tired hand, she indicates the nearby feed trough. Joseph glances in and sees his son for the first time, a boy, someone to continue the line of David, but not the way most people expected him to. He kind of chuckles to himself. He glances over to his bride. He remembers just a few months ago when Mary had returned from a trip visiting her cousin Elizabeth, and already the signs of pregnancy were apparent. Joseph remembered that night of turmoil, the betrayal he felt, but the love. He should be upset, but he still felt what the Greeks call agape. He remembered that fitful sleep until it became a deep sleep. Then a messenger of God revealed to Joseph the truth. Mary was all that Joseph had wanted and more. Because what was in her was from Adonai. It was Mashiach. Joseph chuckles, Mashiach comes to a carpenter's home. Why not the great palace in Jerusalem? Why not with Herod? Maybe not, not survive with Herod. Joseph thought, a carpenter, son. 
a young virgin's womb, a stable, Bethlehem, what a place for God. I want you to imagine a piece of chalk in your hand, big piece of sidewalk chalk. It can be whatever color you wish it to be. And I want to ask you a question. Is there a place where you can take that piece of chalk and put an X where you made a place for God? For me, it would be an office that I don't know if even exists anymore. For some, it may now be a vacant lot, but where a church or a park once stood. It may be a dorm room. It may be anywhere in this world. But the question is, can you draw that circle? Can you draw that X in a place? Because you made a place. See, God loved you so much that he did not want to be without you. But God is holy. And because of our sin, we have separated ourselves from God. But God, in his mercy and in his love, took on flesh, was born in that manger in Bethlehem, lived his life in Israel and Galilee, and walked through Samaria, and endured possibly considered the worst and cruelest punishment any execution could have devised. If you don't believe me, look up Roman crucifixion. It, it's, it's, it's sadistic. It's horrible. It's something the Romans didn't even put their own citizens through. Why? Because there is no other way but Jesus. You can't do enough good works you can't give enough to churches and charitable organizations. There is nothing you can do to earn your way to heaven. If there was, I don't believe Jesus would have taken the cross. He didn't want to do the cross. That scared him so much that in the garden when the cross was eminent, he um, popped the capillaries in his forehead and asked God, is there any other way? But later on, told Simon Peter that night, there is no other way. I go and do what my father has asked me to do. So you have a piece of chalk in your hand. It's your favorite color. Where's the line? Where's the circle? Where's the X? Because guess what? Haven't it? Maybe it's the place you're standing right now or the seat that you're sitting in right now. Where's the place where you made a place? <laughs>